appreciate the fact that you're joining us this morning. And as we delay our, our telecast by way of television and radio and Facebook, and we, we, we can't go wrong today. We have three Michaels in church. Three Michaels. Amen. We're going to be hearing from two of the three, unless the third one wants to share, unless Michael Woods wants to share this morning. And I don't know, Michael Woods, are you up to sharing this morning? We get three mics in the pulpit. Perfect sound. And again, we're honored to have our television audience along with those that are present. We always state that we're, we're quality rather than quantity. And we, we're working on more quantity too as our group comes and prepares this morning. God of the Ages, God of the Ages, purple number 698. 698, excuse me, but we'll turn to our opening hymn, God of the Ages, God of the Ages, purple number 698, God of the Ages, 698. good. 
Thank you. you. May be seated. And let us turn to our our praise hymn, purple hymn numbers number seven ten. Faith of our fathers. Faith of our fathers. Seven ten, please. Thank you. And before we go to prayer, let us go to our bulletin and inserts. And we remember immediately following this, we'll go into prayer. Today, we bow our heads. 
it's not an easy day, for today we remember. We focus our memory on those who served our great nation. Today we set aside our differences and remember those who gave their lives for freedom. We remember that it is because of their sacrifice that we can be different. And in their sacrifice, we find common good. And they will rise up as if they had eagle's wings. They will run without growing weary. They will walk without getting tired. We remember the mothers, the brothers and sisters who fought on our behalf. And would you, would you join me? while their brothers and sisters prayed for their safe return. We remember the sons and daughters who carried the flag of de democracy while their parents placed flags on their lapels and front porches. We remember the dads and the moms who stood watch at the door of war while their children stood watch at home. We remember they paid the ultimate price for our freedom Today we kneel and remember with compassion and love we turn our memory to the lives of those who served on our behalf. We honor those who have fallen in service and we hold tight to Jesus' words. Blessed are those, are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Father, we wanna give you our grace and our peace this morning as you return such grace and peace and favor to us. Memorial Day is, a un is unique to our nation. The Memorial Day observance was begun during the Civil War. Some concerned women decided to decorate the graves of those who had bravely given their lives in their destructive and civil conflict between the states among a very broken and chaotic nation. And the day is intended to stir us stir us to a grateful recall of those who have given themselves, shed their blood, and laid down their lives in military battle for the cause of freedom in our land. It should be more than a holiday because if not for these brave men and women, we would not be sitting in this worship area today. A memorial is anything that helps us remember. There are some important truths we should remember this Memorial Weekend. The Gospel of John, according to John chapter 15, verses 13, 14, very pointedly reminds us we have a Memorial Day, that the greatest sacrifice is the one laying down their life for another, and because of this, we should be reminded. We realize that freedom has a price. Several years ago, a speaker named Caleb McCary stood in a pulpit and there was a patch where his left eye had once been and a hook extended from the artificial limb where a strong arm had once helped him as an outstanding athlete. He had been through numerous sur surgeries to repair facial damage. At 26 years of age, Cleb McCary left his coaching career to enlist in the United States Marine Corps. And while leading his 19th recon unit through the jungles of Vietnam, Caleb and his 12 men were attacked. Two gave their lives, four others were severely wounded. 
McCary was miraculously lifted to safety by a helicopter. And on a plaque presented to Lieutenant McClary by his admiring men is, is a statement. In this world of give and take, there are, are all too few who are willing to give what it takes. Lord, as we celebrate the men and women who have given so much, it's a stark reminder to us that freedom has a high price. We ask that this day, among many days, as we admire and respect service to God and country. And this Sunday, dear Heavenly Father, who on the first day of the, the week did create light out of darkness, we thank thee that thou hast besought us and brought us to see the light of another day. Be with us and bless us. Visit us in this house of worship today as we hear thy word, as we clear the darkness of sin from our hearts, enlighten our understanding, and quicken our spirits. Create within us a right spirit to praise thy name and to let our light shine before all. Blessed Savior, who on the first day of the week didst rise from the grave as a redeemer from sin, help us with a repentant faith to accept thy forgiveness daily, to rise from sin and to serve thee in newness of life. For a Holy Spirit, who on the first day of the week didst descend upon thy church through the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit with blessing and power, bless us with spiritual healing and Give us strength to speak the things we have seen and heard. In a whole blessed trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, grant thy faithful pastors and lay people grace to preach and to teach and follow thy word in power. Preserve the nation and the hearers from distracting thoughts and cares. Enable us with open minds and ready hearts to receive thy truth and to order our life according to thy word and will, for Jesus' sake, as you taught us all to pray, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And before we go by way of television in our, our scripture reading, we want to remind all those by way of television and radio this morning that we're dealing with Luke chapter 8, verses 37 and following, 37 through 40. And I'd like to have both the mics, if you'd come forward today. Michael, Dr. Michael Thompson, he's going to give us a little update on, on, on his brother, Dr. Joel. You might want to take the pulpit there. You can either use my pulpit or Mike's and give us a little update. And, and I just kind of learned today, and I think I had heard it before, that um, Michael's sister, older sister, Fulbert Colonel, and, and died of COVID. I wanted to bring a greeting from the family about uh, the surgery that my uh, doctor brother Joel Luther Thompson uh, has survived and he's up walking with the nurses 
Uh, he had an aneurysm uh, repaired up by the heart five years ago, and then it developed a complication, and uh, the doctor that uh, worked on him also worked on a son-in-law of mine up in Alexandria, Minnesota, where I practiced for most of my career, uh, who was in his 80s already, and he had to go to rehab at Bethany Nursing Home for three months, but he's come back 100% like we're hoping and praying that my brother Joel does. But anyway, thank you for all the people who prayed for his recovery. Also, my sister was a full bird colonel in the Army Nurse Corps, and she spent uh, her youth as an Army nurse in Vietnam three different times. And then when the Army had the first Gulf War, she took a hospital crew from Minnesota to uh, Texas as a backfill in case the plane crashed that took the one to Saudi Arabia and she ran that whole hospital in San Antonio uh, that subsequently has been closed now, but she was 80 plus, plus year, months old when she passed away in December and she's buried out at Fort Snelling. Uh, we rejoice this day and the Lord has revealed himself in many different ways to our families and we thank him and give him all the glory for the recovery that my brother Joel is uh, coming through and he'll have to have uh, some rehab, uh, but he's a, a strong Norwegian uh, and half Swede. My Norwegian grandpa is a pioneer uh, years ago in two countries, not only coming up through uh, Decorah, Iowa, but he homesteaded in Twin Valley and then uh, Pelican Rapids, but his oldest son wanted to go to Canada and develop a third farm, and he crossed the border so many times when he turned 100 back in the 50s, the premier of Canada was from Saskatchewan, Diefenbaker. He sent him a letter of congratulations and the five-star general also, which I thought was something we could mention on Memorial Day, and he still lived another couple years. So praise to the Lord. Uh, he is good and his mercy endures forever. Thank you. Let's give the Lord a round of applause for all that distinguished service. Amen. We um, rejoice in the fact that God has worked miraculously in the hearts of many of our parishioners. There's um, continuous work that needs to be done and I called last week and talked to Dr. Joel Thompson on the telephone and I, I said you know uh, let me talk and you listen and he was talking you know and and then I could hear the background of uh, staff of physicians that had came in and and I said you know uh, you know I'm going to let you go right now and then not too much later he called me back and and you know, he's really trusting in not only the earthly physicians, but the heavenly physicians. So we, we thank God for, for God's great expertise and wisdom that God gives to our earthly physicians that really look to the heavenly physicians for guidance and expertise and wisdom. Hallelujah. 
Um, our scripture reading, as I mentioned earlier, is taken from Luke chapter 8, verses 37 through 40. And if you're joining us by way of television or radio or, you know, it's, it's one thing to hear the word of God, but if you visually look at it too, and he just, all the faculties that God has given to us in Mike um, Everdy will be dealing with that as, as um, many of you are praying for his mother too, is experiencing some real challenges and also Tina, his wife. God's word according to Luke chapter 8, verses 37 and following. Then all the people of the surrounding country, the Gerasenes, asked Jesus. Now, very few times in scripture do you see people asking Jesus to leave. But here is just a, a very caustic request of people to ask Jesus to leave. It says, then all the people of the surrounding country, the Gerasenes, asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got, Jesus got into the boat and he returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that Jesus, that he might be with Jesus. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home. Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus, Jesus had done for him. And when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. At this time, I'm going to call on Mike, and if you could share what God has led you to share with us from a lay perspective today, and if at any time our congregation would like to share a personal word, I'm sure Mike would always and be willing to share, and he, Mike and Tina will be leaving us um, June 27th through July. And then, so, will you be gone a Sunday or so during that time, or? One. One, okay. Okay, so that's a Sunday that we'll try to get some layperson to share, okay? We can get by with one minute. Yeah, we might, <laughs> we might close down the church. <laughs> Good morning, brothers and sisters. Good morning. We read of Jesus healing a demon-possessed man. Now, when Jesus had asked the demon to identify himself, the demon said his name was Legion. According to the customs of the Jewish exorcists at that time, the name of the demon had to be known to gain authority over it. Jesus never used the demon's name because his authority rose far over and above the Hebrew superstition. Despite Jesus being asked by the formerly possessed man to go with him, Jesus didn't allow it. Instead, he told him to go to his hometown and share what the Lord had done for him. I thought about that for a minute, you know, and I thought, you know what? When you're sharing the Lord, you are with the Lord. It doesn't have to be physical. It can be spiritual. You're still with the Lord. The man wanted to stay with the Lord, but the Lord knew physically separation for him was best. The man's hometown locals had seen and heard 
that Jesus had cast out the demons, and they were overcome with fear. Because of their fear, they asked Jesus to leave. This is almost pure irony. The demon-possessed man did not scare or intimidate anybody that was there, but the loving, kind Jesus that tossed the demons out of the man was, they were afraid of him, that just didn't make any sense to me. They asked him to leave. Part of my bluntness here, but it's just irony, it's ironic, that people today seem to push Jesus away or distance themselves from him because of the changes, the positive changes that Jesus will make in their lives. They appear, they appear, from my perspective anyway, to be more tolerant and satisfied with the devil or the demon's presence in their lives doing the bad things. The, be- the possessed healed man that was healed from the possession didn't need to remain in physical, uh, physical presence with Jesus. To maintain the healing, he did not have to do that. Jesus took care of it once and for all. His faith was sufficient to keep the demon legion away. So the Lord got into his boat and he left. The people of Gerasene reacted to Jesus in fear. This is a good example and testament to the fact that whether it's warranted or not, fear is a common reaction to that which is not known or misunderstood. Jesus sailed the boat back to the other side of Galilee uh, to that side of the lake, to the town of Galilee. He received a warm welcome from an expectant crowd, happy to see him return. The, cro- the crowd wasn't just welcoming, they were expectant. Some were there waiting for him. They had stayed there waiting for Jesus. I wish and pray that all could be that expectant of Jesus' presence in their lives. It was exactly the opposite of the town he had just left. Left. They wanted him to go. But when he got to the other side to Galilee, they were there waiting for him, and they welcomed him. I figured, well, how, how did he know he was coming back? I looked into it, and what I discovered is that there were boats that followed Jesus' boats. They had gone ahead of him and told the people there about his calming of the storm and the waves and the possession, the demon that he cast out of the man. So he he was already, he was famous before, but he was even more famous when he returned to Galilee. As I think I've stated before, I wish everyone could be like the hometown people in Galilee. Not only, not only sense the presence of Jesus, but they welcome him in their presence and with their presence. He's there all the time. Just take a moment, two, three moments, one moment, who cares, one moment out of your day and say, Jesus, I know you're here with me. I know you're with me, what I'm going through. Thank you. I love you. That's all you need to do. Amen. Thank you, Mike and Mike and Mike. I think we have a combination of many years of military service here and congregation some 30 years of serving as kind of the dual purpose of chaplain and kind of the trained or the psychologist for suicide and violence in the military. I met a lot of 
military personnel that initially were what we call and designated in the religious charts and following as religious nuns, not N-U-N-S as in nuns, but N-O-N-E-S. And recently we've seen an, a real explosion in the military of individuals that rather than register as Protestant and or Catholic and when I served as a chaplain, there were some 47 different denominations. We learned in Sunday school today that basically denomination means divisions. And it was kind of interesting too that, that as you see the prevalence of, of non-faith, non-faith or non-religious association to church, you, uh, many of these individuals that came across my path, you know, it said they were atheist or agnostic. It seemed like later in their involvement in the military, whenever they had a particular need, they became kind of instant believers. And as we cry out to God, you know, God meets us. And those by way of television, you may have many needs and, and you probably fall under two categories. There's two categories that are revealed in this portion of the scripture here. We see in this passage uh, two requests made to our Lord Jesus Christ. Now this is a passage of scripture that I've really never heard preached on because sometimes, you know, clergy and people in the pastorate and in the pulpits are like the normal come and go people, you know, when we, we grew up, Sometimes we were reading a book and we came across a word or something. We didn't quite understand it. We just kind of didn't want to take the time to really look at that p particular passage or that word. And we kind of missed out on a lot of reference. And I, I, I don't want to misguide you in this portion of scripture. I want to deal with it very literally. For we see in this passage two requests. And I see this request being made of many people even today. I'm so glad when Dr. Michael came into the class and we were talking about BLM, you know, Black, Black Lives Matter, said Broken Lives Matter, it stands for Broken Lives Matter. And then he referred to the fact of kind of pulling us back to the roots. And I think we all grew up, Vacation Bible School and church by that you know, Jesus loves us, red and yellow, black and white. They're all, all of us are precious in God's sight. But we see in this passage two requests made to our Lord Jesus Christ. They were widely different requests, one, one from another, and they were, and were preferred by persons of widely, widely different characters. We think about divisions in our time, but there was a great division in the ministry of Jesus when he physically walked the earth. We see moreover how these requests were received by the Lord Jesus Christ. In either case, the, uh, the request received a most remarkable answer on the part of Jesus. The whole passage is, is very singularly, singularly instructive. Let us observe in the first place that the Gardnerians besought our Lord. 
they besought the Lord to depart from them. Can you imagine then the physical Jesus being asked to depart from them? And Jesus granted that request. We read these painfully solemn words. Jesus went up into the ship and returned back again where he had departed from. Now, why, why did this unhappy persons desire the Son of God to leave them? You should ponder that for a while. Why, after all the amazing miracles of, of mercy and the healings which had just been wrought among them, did they feel no wish to know much of Jesus who wrought all these miracles and all these benefits? Why, in a word, did they become their own enemies, forsake their own mercies, and shut the door against the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ? There is but one answer to these questions. The Gardenian loved the world, as many of those by way of television and in radio and within our churches. They loved the world more than Jesus and, and the things of the world and were determined not to give them up. Giving them up, like many today, they, they felt convinced in their own consciences that they could not receive Christ among them and keep their sins, and their sins they resolved to keep. They saw at a glance that there was something about Jesus. There's something about Jesus with which their habits of life would never agree. They couldn't keep one foot in the world and one foot with Christ. And having to choose between the new ways and, and their old ones, they, they refused the new ways, the gospel, the good news, and, and chose the old, old ways. And you may wonder and you may ask, why did our Lord Jesus Christ grant the request of the guardians? And, and why did Jesus leave them alone? Jesus did it in judgment to testify his sense of the greatness of their sin. Jesus did it in mercy to his church in every age to show how great is the wickedness of those who willfully reject the truth. You can see it again and again in Romans 1 and in 2 as they gave up the creator they started to serve the created. And many people of our day and time it's easier for them to serve the created the things that are created in the world for our pleasure and our desires rather than the creator of all the created things. It seems an eternal law of Jesus' government, and we've been studying on Wednesday evenings by way of Zoom, how God's government, God's Holy Spirit, it seems an eternal law of Jesus' government that those who obstinately refuse to walk in the light shall have the light taken from them. I re-examined the first five or six verses in the book of Genesis chapter 1 again today and how light, how God created on the first day, separated light from darkness. And great is 
Christ's patience and, and, and long-suffering. Jesus' mercy endureth forever. Jesus offers an invitation that's very wide and broad and sweeping and universal. Jesus gives every church its day of grace and, and a time of visitation, according to Luke 19.44. But if we, if we persist in refusing Jesus' counsel and advice, Jesus has no more promise to persist in forcing it upon us. The Holy Spirit is gentle. The Holy Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and meekness and gentleness and kindness and self-control. They said to Jesus Christ, depart from us, depart from us. And Jesus has taken them at their word. They were joined to idols and, and now they were left alone according to Job 21, 14, and Hosea, chapter 9, verse 17. It's true of all ages. Let us take heed that we do not sin the sin of the guardians. It's almost like that unpardonable sin of rejecting God's Holy Spirit. Let us beware lest by coldness and inattention and worldliness we, we drive Jesus from our doors and and compel Jesus to forsake us entirely. Of all the states of the soul into which, which we can fall, none is so fearful as the one that we say, left alone, let alone. Let it rather be our daily prayer that Christ may never leave us to ourselves, the old wreck high and dry on the sandbank, is not a more wretched sight than the person whose heart has visited and been visited with mercies and judgments, but has at last ceased to visit because Jesus, Jesus through his Holy Spirit was not received. The barred door is a door at which Jesus will not always knock. The Gardnerian mind must not be surprised to see Christ leaving it and, and go, going away. And let us observe second, in the second place, that the person of whom the devils were departed from besought our Lord that he might be with Jesus. But his request was not granted. We read that Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to thine own house. Sometimes I know in ministry we find that maybe the, the greatest difficulties to overcome are members of our own household, sharing the gospel, the witness. And Jesus says, return to thine own house and show how great things God hath done unto thee. We can easily understand the request that this man had. He felt deeply grateful, grateful for the amazing mercy which he had just received in being cured. He felt full of love and warm affection toward Jesus who had so wonderfully and graciously cured him. He felt that he could not see too much of Jesus, be too much in Jesus' company, cleave too closely to Jesus. He forgot 
everything else under the influence of these feelings. He forgot family, he forgot relations, he forgot friends, home, house, country, and all seemed as nothing in his eyes. And he felt that he cared for nothing but to be with Jesus. And we cannot blame him for those feelings. They may have been tinged with something of enthusiasm and inconsideration. There may have been about them a zeal, not according to knowledge. In the first excitement of a, a newly felt cure, he may not have been fit to judge what his future line of life should be. But it, these excited feelings of Christianity or relationship with Christ in religion are far better than no feelings at all. And in the petition that he made, there was far more to praise than to blame. But why did our Lord Jesus Christ refuse to grant this, this person's request? Why at a time when he had few, Jesus had very few, few disciples, did Jesus send this man away? Why, instead of allowing him to take place with Peter and James and John, did he not bid him return to his own house? And our Lord did what he did in infinite wisdom. Jesus did it for the benefit of the man's, this person's own soul. Jesus saw it was more for his good to be a witness of the gospel at home than a disciple abroad. Jesus did it in mercy to the Gardnerians. Jesus felt among them one standing testimony of the truth of his own divine mission. Jesus did it above all for the perpetual instruction of his, of his whole church. Jesus would have us know that there are various ways of glorifying him that he may be honored in private life as well as in the apostolic offices, apostolic, and that the first place in which we should witness for Christ is in our own house. To make that house truly a Christian home. There is a lesson here in a deep experiential wisdom in this little incident which all true Christians would do well to lay to heart. That lesson is our own utter ignorance of what position is good for us in this world and the necessity of submitting our own wills to the will of Christ. The place that we wish to fill is not always the place that is best for us. The line of life that we want to take up is not always that which Christ sees to be most for the benefit of our own souls. The place that we are obliged to fill is sometimes very distasteful and yet it may be needful to our sanctification. The position we are compelled to occupy may be very disagreeable to our flesh and, and blood and yet it may be the very one thing that is necessary for us to keep in our right mind. It is better to be sent away from Christ's bodily presence by Christ himself than to remain in Christ's bodily presence without his 
consent. Lord, as we pray today with every head bowed and every eye closed, let us pray for the spirit of contentment with such things as we have. Let us pray for the spirit of contentment with such things as we have. Let us be, be fearful of choosing for ourselves in this life without Christ's consent or moving in this world when the pillar of cloud and the fire is not moving before us. Let us ask the Lord to choose everything for us. Let our daily prayer be, give me what thou wilt. Place me where thou wilt. Only let me be thy disciple and abide in thee. With every head bowed and every eye closed, may we confess unto thee, O Lord, by repeating these words, we have failed you, O Lord. Forgive us, O Lord, for these failures. Come into our lives, O Lord. Forgive my sin. Empower me by your Holy Spirit. As we wait on you, O Lord, help us to be contented with the things we have. Let us ask the Lord to choose everything for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The offering plate are at the back of the church, but let us turn to our offertory prayer. If you would join me in the prayer printed in our bulletins. Holy God, above us, among us, within us, we rejoice this day that while you might have chosen to be unknown to us, you have revealed yourself in many ways. Each encounter with you calls us to return blessings with worship, compassion, and service. So when we give this day, we do so in gratitude for all your parental care for us through your creation. When we give this day, we give because in love you gave us Christ, that through him we might find eternal life. When we give this day, your spirit leads your church to reach out in compassion, mercy, and grace to all your children everywhere. In gratitude, we celebrate you, three and yet one. Amen. Our offertory prayer is greater than thy faithfulness, purple number 140.
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the ruler of all nations, we thank thee for the countless undeserved blessings which thou hast showered on our country. Individually and as a nation, we have sinned often and grievously. And we pray thee mercifully forgive our many transgressions. Endow the leaders of our country with wisdom from on high. Cause them to rule in thy fear and according to thy will, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty and that our nation and its people may prosper both spiritually and temporally. Hold thy protecting hand over our nation, over us and mine, and over all thy children. Preserve our priceless religious heritage and liberty to us, and keep all believers faithful to thee. Bring a great salvation to pass, and turn the hearts of multitudes of unbelievers to accept the peace and comfort which only the faith in their Savior Jesus can bring them. Give us faith instead of unbelief, courage instead of fear, love instead of hate, peace instead of quarrels and war, and righteousness instead of sin everywhere and in everything. For we have indeed deserved nothing but punishment for our sins, but in thy great mercy be gracious to us. Bless us and hear our prayer for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Thank God for Mike that brings the message. Mike, uh, something came to me while I was sitting in the, in the pew starting our lesson today. The man may not have welcomed the evil spirit on him, but you know what? The people around him tolerated it. You may not welcome Satan, but if you're tolerating him and his works in your life, it's the same thing. I'm urging you and everybody in our audience today to shut the door, to not tolerate him, and certainly not welcome Satan and his works in your life. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. And we all thank you for your thank yous. Bless those by way of television and, and um, the um, Washburn Gravy that we normally do at Glenhaven. It's going to be on, on their, their web page. And uh, General and myself will be speaking and you may want to tune in to that, that station and, and try to participate in some um, Memorial Day service. Chris and I are off to Memorial Day service here and briefly. And I just pray that the Lord would continue to bless you all and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and be gracious and merciful unto you. Amen. Depart in peace.